We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight. to talk about something very serious today, Brad. Very, very serious. So let me know you can hear me good, okay? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. While you're doing that, Brad, I'm going to go ahead and get my other channels hooked up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Let me know y'all can hear me good, please. Praise you. All right. Can you hear me, team? Can you hear me, bride? I'm getting all my channels up and going. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. I'm getting everything, all of my channels going. We're going to have a serious talk here for a minute, Brad. Okay, we're going to have a serious, serious talk about the end of times. Now, we are in a very pivotal moment in our country. Well, first, let's get started before I get started on all that. Let's pray. Okay, Lord, we love you so much. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to preach your gospel across the airwaves and the opportunity to 
talk to your bride on the airwaves, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to teach. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to give you glory in our lives. Lord, our country is in trouble. Lord, and there's very much false teaching going out there, Lord. There's false prophets out there, Lord, and people are being deceived. Your very word is being fulfilled, Lord, right before our eyes. I pray, God, that you wake them up. Take the scales off the bride, Lord, so that she can see what is happening right before her eyes, Lord. And, G and Lord, I pray that today, during this time together with the bride, Lord, that you would have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. I give this broadcast to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bride, now listen. Let me make sure everybody can hear me. Oh, thank you, Miss Katie. I'm sorry you got to get off here. All right. Very good. Okay, I just want to make sure everybody could hear me. All right, bride, let me talk to you a minute. We are in trouble in this country. We are in trouble. We have got a huge, huge movement out there. That is, telling people all is peace ahead, uh, this great revival's coming, this utopia is coming, uh, not to prepare. Some of them are even teaching that the book of Revelation does not exist, hell does not exist. This is all the emergent church and part of the ecumenical movements program. Now listen, we're in deep, deep trouble in this country. When we hear these things and we don't measure them to the word of God. And I'm greatly grieved and I'm greatly distressed about this teaching that's out there. Teaching people that this great revival's coming. And I don't know how they can back this up with the word. Show me in the word of God where that's coming. I don't see it. I, I, what I see coming is revelation, tribulation, great times, great sorrow ahead. And if we're not preparing the bride, teaching her, bride, be sober, be alert. Judgment's coming. Stop sinning. Repent, for your redemption draweth nigh. This other way of thinking of this great revival coming does not prepare the bride for judgment. It does not prepare her the troubles ahead. It does not give her this urgency in her thinking of the times. And the Bible talks about it time and time again. To be aware of the times that you are living in. We are in the last days, bride. There's no way around it. And these people teaching that we have got you know, all these years ahead is greatly mistaken. We're here. We're the generation that's going to take this thing out. We're the ones that have been chosen for such a time as this. We're the ones that God chose to live in the last day. And if we are not preparing the bride for that, we're doing a great disservice. We've got to prepare her to endure and to go through knowing that God is going to be with her. Okay. There's several things I want to ponder on today. Okay. 
show me in the word where this revival is going to take place before tribulation. I don't see it anywhere in the word. And you say, well, why does that matter? God does want souls to be one. Yes, he does. He wants the souls to be one. But we have got to repent and get our house clean. This is why judgment is coming to the house of the Lord. We have got to get ourselves clean. That's revival. Revival is transformation. It's the healing of the heart. Coming back to God to where our first love is. Listen, I'm going to read y'all something. Let me get my glasses on here. This is Isaiah 45. And then, talking about revival, well, the last days, when they talk about uh, President Trump, if you cannot see that God is using him like a King Cyrus, then you're off in the word somewhere else as well. Because God is using President Trump. Talking about King Cyrus, a lot of us compare him to King Cyrus. Look what it says here in chapter 45 of Isaiah. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings, to open up before him the two leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked paths straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut asunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name and the God of Israel. If you really know God, you know that God is a judge. God is holy. God expects us to live certain ways. And if we defile his name, if we defile his country, we're going to answer for that. Repentance comes when you see these groups getting together and they're fasting and repenting. What are they fasting and repenting for? Lord, forgive us of our sins. You need to be specific with God. We need, like we did on those 40 days, Lord, we repent for homosexuality. Lord, we repent for pornography. Lord, we repent for this and we repent for that. And, and we go after it and tell the truth and be real before God. We're honest and transparent before God about it. And then you, if you look at God's heart the way he is about judgments, which I did a whole broadcast on this about the judgments, how God sees and he hears and then he acts. The stench of the sin, which a lot of churches don't even want to preach sin anymore. The stench of sin is what comes up before God's nostrils. With the way our country is, you cannot look at our country honestly and say it's a cesspool of sin. And that God's going to turn around and just bless it with this great revival like nothing drawn out here. You see what I mean? I've been telling people revival is going to come, but it's not the way you're thinking. 
The revival is going to come in judgment. How? Because people are going to come back to him. They're going to be coming out of their stupor. They're going to come out of their pride. Come out of their uh, thinking they know it all type of deal. Making a God out of all this stuff. Making a God out of possessions a god out of their own ministry some people when we tore down all these idols the very last one was the most powerful one and that's the god of your own ministry because we think i am i have built this i'm all this in a bag of chips because i've been elevated and thus we've made it a god for one thing this mission is god's it's not yours it's his and if he wants you to give it away, then you've got to obey. You've got to give. Because it's not in your hand to hold. It's in his hand. The problem is we want to put our hand on it. We want to hold so tight, you know, that we want to control that. And thus we have made it a God. God's about to cast all that down. Type of deal. Let's continue reading. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord. He is jealous for us, bride. He's jealous. When we go out here building all these idols before his nostrils, and we're, we're putting all these other gods before him, how do you think he can bless that bride? He's got to tear that down. It's between me and him. You know, the sin between me and him has got to be dealt with. The same with the nation. The sins between America and him have to come down. I am the Lord, he says in verse 5. And there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded you, though you have not known me. I wonder how many people really know him. Because you cannot tell me by reading this word that God is okay with sin. And that's what these people out here are teaching now. That God is okay with sin. Like the pastor of the Hillsong Church in New York. Who's teaching it's okay to be homosexual. It is not. God hates sin. It's a stench in his nostrils. So why are we partnering with sin. Like the ecumenical movement. Why are we partnering with such vomit. Why are we partnering with such mess. They're doing this interfaith dialogue. Where they are partnering with witchcraft. Buddha. Muslim, Hindu, and all these other gods. And you want to touch the unclean thing and think God's going to give you revival? People, where, where in the, what Bible are these people reading? Seriously, what, what Bible are they reading? God tells us, definely, touch not the unclean thing. He doesn't want us looking like Egypt. He doesn't want us acting like Egypt. He doesn't want us playing with Egypt. 
He doesn't want us dabbling with devils. Come on now. He doesn't want us bringing their gods in the camp. When you are a ministry and you give the Catholic agenda, this ecumenical movement, when you give them your building and your resources that God gave you like IHOP is doing, you cannot tell me that is not touching the unclean thing. It is. You're giving them the very thing that you say God gave you and you are allowing them to do this stuff in there. It makes no sense. Touch not the unclean thing. And then when we endorse New Age, when we endorse the doctrines of the New Age and we partner with it and we see what they're doing over there on this island, that show I did the other night about Bill Johnson, what he's partnering with, the New Age movement over there on that island. And then now he's partnered with Mike Bickle and all these other names out there. And they're doing these teachings where they're allowing this New Age group to teach these people. It's like, people, show me in the Word where God is going to bring revival when you mess with New Age. How's he going to bring revival when you mess with the Catholic Church, when you mess with the idols involved with the Catholic Church? People. And then you got Bill Johnson out here who is making all these, um, he's making a whole thing to the revivals. You know, a whole museum for the revivalists. He's pulling all the revivalists trying to under him. And not only that, but he denies this, but it shows his wife going out there to these graves where they're doing this grave sucking. And they have their students out there laying on graves, sucking up the anointing of the generals of old, of the revivalists. I mean, the New Age stuff is out of this world that is going on. And we think God is going to bless this. People... I'm like, where does it say it in the Word of God? Seriously. Show me where it says it. Let's keep going here. Verse 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. You show me in the Bible where God says, it's okay for you to uh, mix with all these other religions. It's okay for you to do that, and I'm going to turn around and give you the greatest revival this world has ever seen. And I'm going to bless your socks off, and you're going to get all this money, you're going to get all this wealth, and there's going to be a great utopia, and we're going to take over the world, and all this. How would God ever, ever anoint that and bless that is what I want to know. I, I can't see it in the word, period, at all. Because God loves repentance. He wants a bride without spot and wrinkle. Okay, what is a spot and a wrinkle, church? A spot and a wrinkle is when you taint, when you scar, when you mar. A spot and a wrinkle is touching the unclean thing. 
So how is God going to bless a touching of the unclean thing? There is no way. I don't buy it. I'm not believing it. I'm not buying it. I'm believing the word of God over anything. And the word of God says judgment is coming. And this is what I'm going to believe. Judgment is coming because what does it say? Let's examine it. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Let's all go over here. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Let's see what the word of God says. Is it chapter 3? Oh, no, chapter 4. Okay. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, that is us, bride. There's no doubt of that. We all agree. We're in the latter days. Okay? Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We are seeing this First of all, this movement is called the New Apostolic Reformation that is teaching this great revival. It comes from Peter Wagner. They're teaching this great revival is coming and all this utopia is coming. But I submit to you, I believe that is the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And let me tell you, I was in this. I interviewed over, I, mean, I don't know how many people. I believed it until... I started researching and writing my book, The American Expose. After I saw across America the sickness in the church, and then God revealed to me what the sickness was, and it's all this, the ecumenical movement, the New Apostolic Reformation, and the uh, emergent church. That's the sickness in our country. Because number one, it's not preparing them for Jesus' return. It's not preparing them for the end of times. It is causing people not to examine their heart and their sin, not causing repentance. I mean, we're in trouble, people. Seducing spirits, okay, I examine all this music, which is what has lured people into Bethel, IHOP, and Hillsong, which is all went off the deep end, is because of music. The music seduced me in for sure. Okay? But then, when I did the documentary on Bill Johnson, I learned something, Brad. The island where they have YWAM, Bill Johnson, and I don't know who else out there, is a New Age island. And their music sounds a lot like all theirs. Very seductive. Uh, the guy that was on the broadcast when he talked about the New Age movement, he said, yeah, when we start playing our instruments and we get in the spirit, which is his devil spirit, this overtakes us, and man, that music is good. So I'm thinking, okay, if they can be overtaken and write music like this, it's the same type of seductive sound. I don't know how to explain it. I still don't have it all figured out. But I'm just saying my research is, you know, developing. Number two. We're in chapter 4, verse 2 in First Timothy. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 
Now, Brad, this is what he's saying is the last days. This is what he's saying. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat, which is what they do in the New Age movement, vegan everywhere, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. God, please help us to know the truth. Help us, Jesus. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good member, minister of Jesus Christ. <gasps> the Lord just gave us the jewel to this whole thing. Thank you, Jesus. Bam! In your face, devil. God is so good. That is how you know a good minister. Wow! Profound! That is amazing. I didn't even know it said that, Brian. Let's read it again. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. That right there says it. All these ones out here preaching that everything's great ahead. It's utopia. Uh, you got all this money coming, which I do believe there is going to be a transfer of wealth, but I believe it's going to be for the remnant to do the mission that God has called them to, but not like where everybody in the country will be blessed with all this money type of deal. The blessings, in other words. Wow, that is so amazing. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. Hello, Jesus. Hello. God, help us to get back to doctrine. The word of God, doctrine. That is what they have done, bride. They have gotten away from doctrine. How many times do you see them up there preaching from the Bible when they're preaching? I mean, seriously. Start paying attention to these things, Brad. How many up there now when you see them preaching are digging through this word? Do you know there's a movement out there to do away with this? To do away with the word of God and they say... We should only listen to the Holy Ghost. Well, they're supposed to work together. It all works together. Confirmation of the word. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable Unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is, and of that which is defunct, come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. That's another thing. That's another big difference is suffering. A lot of this has to do with the word of faith movement uh, where they just believe, you know, like they measure everything by financial success. 
the word of faith, like which I do believe, speaking things into existence, yes. I believe in taking dominion and authority, yes. But when it says here that, uh, where is it at? Oh, about the suffering. They don't believe in suffering. Well, the Bible says that we're going to suffer as Jesus suffered. We're going to be persecuted. First of all, if we're not being persecuted, it means we're not doing something right. Speaking the truth will bring suffering. It will bring persecution. And that's another big difference. This great revival that they're talking about. Most of the time when they talk about it, uh, it's based on signs, miracles, and wonders, and mostly healings. And I want you to understand something right now, bride. Healings can be done in any faith. New Age does it all the time. All the time is known for their healings. Like I showed on the document the other night, on the documentary, those guys were so excited because they had all these healings when they went to a New Age festival. They went to a New Age festival to do healings. When the New Agers are there doing healings. Not bragging about the souls that got saved and transformed and, and delivered with the demons getting cast out of people that have New Age. You see what I mean? We cannot look at signs, miracles, and wonders. We cannot. We have to look at the Word of God. What is taking place in the hearts of man? Are they being transformed? Are they being delivered? Are they being saved? Are they turning from their wicked ways? That's revival. Turning from your wicked ways. Transformation. Not a feel good because you got healed. Even Jesus talked about it. What's better for you to be healed? Or for you to be saved. There's a big difference going on right now in doctrine. We need to ask God to deliver us of this. Okay, let's keep going. Because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men. Hold on just a moment. I want to show something. Hold on, hold on. Thank you, baby. Second Timothy. Hold on, Brian. What I'm thinking of. All right. Bam. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't y'all love the Holy Spirit? He's so awesome. Okay. Alright. It says here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we're doing today, Brad. Alright. Now, let's go to chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days... Do we even believe that anymore, Brad? Are we in the last days? Perilous times shall come. Perilous times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's happening. Covetous. That. 
boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lord, I think you just spelled out the days we're living in. I think you just spelled it out in your word right there, Lord. That is exactly what it is. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. That's exactly what's happening right there. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Bam in your face, devil. The truth is the truth. The truth is what we will live by, and the truth is what we will die by. The truth of the Word of God. Bride, I submit to you today. We are in the last days. Listen. Okay, here we go. You know, I wrote this book called Mark of the Beast. Now, I wrote this. I actually wrote this when I was in London back in 2012. When I was there, uh, you know, at the Queen's Jubilee year and all that. And the Lord showed me how it was the mark of the beast. This chip, the human implantation device. Did you know that there are many churches now teaching that it's okay for people to get the chip? Well, why wouldn't they if they think this great utopia is coming and we're not just moments away from the Antichrist stepping on the scene? Why not? You don't have any accountability for uh, sin. It's all a bless me club. It's a I want to feel good about my sin type of club. Why not? Help is Jesus. Okay, let's see here. All right, this is in my book. I talk about what I saw in London. See, they wanted to charge me, London did, the museum, I think it was $400 a picture. I was like, huh, I don't have that kind of money, you know. Uh, but anyways, if you get a chance, get this book because, okay, here we go. This is what I was looking for. I want to read this to you, Brad. This is called the spiritual spiritual cost of the mark. This is those that take the mark of the beast, which in my theory, my understanding, it's the human implantation chip. Actually, so is London. London had a whole display in the Transportation Museum, and it said the future. This is our future of the planet. And it had the chip right there, and it said every thing in the planet will be chipped. Everything. All of your equipment, your clothing, 
all technology, everything will be connected on the internet together. That's their goal. So, as a minister of the gospel, I must explain the cost of accepting the mark of the beast and the worldly system. Taking the mark is more than just spiritual death. It is the ultimate separation from God. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We have been bought with a price. I will try to explain. In the beginning, we were created by God in the Garden of Eden. He created us from the dirt, and he blew into us and created our spirits. God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden and told them not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He told them to eat from the tree of life. When Eve and Adam ate from the wrong tree, their spirit man inside died. They were dead, men walking. The same thing will happen to us now if we take the mark. We may still be living, but our souls will be dead. Now, Brian, this, I wrote this in 2015 when I wrote the book. It wasn't until the next year in 2016 did God give me the revelation of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life, which is in these two books. Organic Christianity, Back to the Garden, and the Clarion Call to Unity and the Bride of Christ. Okay, this one represents the tree of knowledge of good and evil and how it's tried to taint and destroy the bride, trying to take her out just like it did in the Garden of Eden. But I talked to the bride about what they need to do to be restored to the Lord and to have that tree connected to the rivers of living water, which is in heaven. Okay, this one talks about what is coming down the pipe to the bride. Martyrdom, famine, uh, martial law, all these things that God came to see me two days in a row and downloaded this into me. Now, now that I know all this and reading this, I'm in awe of how it all comes together. These two are twins released on Easter Day in 2016, Resurrection Day. So the Lord showed me that we are the generation that's going to go out taking the tree of life. And a lot of us may die because of that. So when it says here that he told them not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and he told them to eat from the tree of life, but when they ate from the wrong tree, their spirit man died. Now I'll probably explain it in here, but I want to tell you this while the revelation's in my spirit. The reason... That that is the mark of the beast and evil is because when you have sex with the devil, that's basically what's going to happen. When you take that chip, it they cut you, insert into you like this, and then it embeds in your tissue. It becomes part of your DNA. When that happens, you're dead completely forever and ever. You're completely done. Let's see what happens in here. When Jesus came to earth, he paid for our redemption by dying on the cross and becoming the sacrificial lamb for our sins. He bought us with the highest price, his life. Through his sacrifice, his blood, he opened up the way for us to have living spirits again. By him being resurrected, it opened the way for the Holy Spirit to come in and live on the inside of us. Isn't that beautiful, bride? We are now the temple of the living God. Our temples are not made with stone, but with flesh. 
In addition, we are the bride of Christ. When we receive Jesus' sacrifice and accept his salvation, then he has purchased us with his blood. We are delivered out of this world's plan and enter into his heavenly plan. We are a world within this world. So if we allow the world to literally buy back the rights that Satan stole from Adam by allowing them to insert a tag into our flesh and break blood with Satan, then we literally reverse what Jesus just did. Wow! Accepting the mark of the beast is more than just accepting a chip underneath our skin. It is accepting the worldly system's way of living. We are selling our soul to Satan when we accept the world to implant into our temples the computer chip that will relay this temple's activity. See, when we are full of the Holy Ghost and power, we allow the Holy Ghost to have full control of this temple, God's heavenly laws, and it trumps the world system. But if we take the chip, then we are literally committing adultery against our husband, Jesus, and committing the ultimate act of abomination. We are stomping on Jesus' head and saying, we do not accept your sacrifice anymore because it will cost me too much. I'd rather have it made on earth and not suffer temporarily. We are literally making this choice with this decision. All of our relationship with God is based upon decisions. We decide to get saved. We decide to turn from the devil. We decide to not follow the appetites of the flesh and follow God no matter the cost. Therefore, this decision may be the last one you make on this earth. We must be willing to die for his name and to be true to as his bride. This is the most beautiful love story ever written. He died for us and we are willing to die for him if our decision so requires. We will not accept Satan's mark on or within our temples at any cost. And then I give the prayer of salvation. Once again, this is called Mark of the Beast. In this book, it talks about how they are selling it to mankind. And I'm going to tell you all something, Brad. This was actually my paper I wrote in grad school under the University of Kentucky. I made a hundred on it. Thank you, Jesus. But in here, I'm talking, I'm saying, there's no way they can convince a Pentecostal Christian to take the mark. There's no way. Because the Pentecostals know that this is the mark of the beast. Honey, that's 2012, and guess what, bride? I can see it now. Because the Pentecostals are being snowballed right into hell right now with this ecumenical movement and all this other mess that's going on out there. We have got to come out of our stupor. We've got to come out of this brainwashing. Let's keep going here. Okay, so having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. From, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. 
Now as Janus and Chambers withstood Moses, so they, these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. He'll deliver us too, bride. Out of all of ours, he'll deliver us. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. What? He said it right here in the word. Yes, he said it. We will all suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. I'm telling you, bride, we... Oh, man. Whew. In December, when I found out all this stuff, that it was actually the... Uh, you know, the uh, ecumenical movement was the sickness. I was so sick in my spirit. I almost wanted to quit. I was like, this is so disgusting. I just cannot believe this is happening in our country. I cannot believe that we're here in the last days. I mean, I knew we was here in the last days, but the, the great falling away was literally right in front of our face. And I was just weeping to the Lord like, Lord, what are we going to do here? How do I explain this to the bride, Lord? This is what I was saying because I'm thinking, who am I? I mean, I'm a small peon, you know, compared to all these big name, almost every big name preacher you can think of is in this thing. And it's like, Lord, this thing is so wide, it's terrible. Like, how do I go about doing this? Well, anyways, let's keep going here. But continue down the things which you have learned and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Bride, what is righteousness? Right living. What is righteousness? Turning from your wicked ways. Right living. These preachers that are preaching this ecumenical movement, this everybody get along, this great revival of everybody being in unity, and it's all false unity. Everybody come together, and it doesn't matter if you serve idols. Look, you can use my facility with all that stuff in there. Oh, that's fine. That God don't see anything wrong with that. No. This great utopia that is taking place right now is the greatest deception ever to hit mankind. I'm telling you, bride. 
Are they teaching you about sin? Are they teaching you how to avoid hell? Are they even preaching hell? Are they preaching out of the word of God? I mean, seriously. It's all about healings, uh, signs, feathers, gold dust, jewels. Everybody runs after the great clouds in the sky. And they're sitting there going to hell because they got a sin in their life and they're not dealing with it. The Bible says if you're a fornicator, you're not going. If you're a liar, you're not going. If you have unforgiveness against your brother, you're not going. But are they teaching that? Are they teaching superficial? See what I'm saying? I pray God wakes us up. Okay, so all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. How are we going to be furnished, bride? How? By getting the idols out of our life, getting the sin out of our life, getting these roots of unrighteousness out. But how are we going to get them out if our preachers are not preaching it? If they're not teaching to fall on your face and repent and turn from your wicked ways. Don't touch the unclean thing. Don't partner with the devil. Don't even flirt with it. Now here we are in chapter 4. I charge ye therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove. Rebuke. Exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Are they reproving? No. I'm going to teach you uh, your best life now. I'm going to tickle your flesh. I'm going to teach you how to be the best entrepreneur. I'm going to teach you how to uh, get your next Cadillac. How to, uh, you know, the five steps to getting your blessing. They're not reproving. They're not rebuking. They're not encouraging to live right. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Itching. Tickle me Elmo is what I call it. Itching ears. Of course, the mass amount of people is going to flock to the emergent church. Of course they are. Of course you're going to go to these sinners with these apostolic anointings and you're going to learn how to be little gods in the earth. You're going to learn how to be in elite tribes where you can feel like you're better than other people. This is not scriptural, bride. This is not scriptural. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. What? I thought I was living the best life now. 
Wait, I thought I had a blessing coming. What? I don't want to hear any negatives. I don't want to hear about sin. I just want to hear positive. I don't like you gloom and doomers. You gloom and doomers are preaching sin. You're preaching negative. I don't want to hear negative. I want to hear positive. Make me feel good. Make my ears feel good. Don't cause me to want to change now. Don't cause me to want to repent. Don't cause me to think I have to work on my salvation. That I have to be alert and be sober. That I have to resist temptation. That it's going to take effort for me to be a Christian. That I have to deny myself? What? Why are you telling me I got to deny myself? What if I want that thing? No, you got to die. Christianity is death. Dang. All right. And they shall turn their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of your ministry. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Let me tell you something, Brian. If you're not living right with God, you're going to hate his appearing. If you have sin between you and God, that you have chosen to keep those gods in your life because you don't want to give up those gods, including your own ministry, including a building where you're at, including your children, including your spouse, including your material possessions, including your own self. When you have kept them gods erected because you didn't want to give them up, and then Jesus appears, you're going to be weeping and gnashing at your teeth. I interviewed this guy that had a dream where he saw the day of the Lord's coming, and he said it was nothing what you think it would look like. He said the people were literally tearing the skin off their face. The horror of his return. Because they recognize the deception that they've been in, the lies that they've been in. And they're literally just horrified at his coming. The day of the Lord is at hand. Stop with the mess. Stop with the deceit. Stop with the lies. Turn from our wicked ways. Tell the devil where to go. You're done with him, and you're not going to participate in this emergent church and all this crazy stuff going on out here. And you're going to preach the gospel if it kills you. Preaching the truth if it kills you. Because the truth is what will set people free. Not tickling their ears. What good is that, Brad? They can get that stuff from a new age guru. What do they need with that from the body of Christ? Yes, they need encouragement. I understand that. But they need to know what will keep them on the right path. What will keep them on that very narrow path. 
because the world wants them to go the wide path. This is another thing I want to bring to your attention, Brad. When we consider ministries, okay, and we consider uh, what they're out there teaching, okay, this emergent church and uh, the all this other stuff going on, the ecumenical movement, they are literally partnering with the world, partnering with the devil himself, and bringing that in the church. You show me in the scripture again, show me in the word of God. Where God says it's okay to mix. Where God tells you, in order for you to win souls, you need to pull out satanic music and satanic doctrine. And, and you just need to pull in the Satan's uh, creations. And, and that way to scare people in out of hell. And then they'll want to get saved. Show me the money. Show me in the word of God where it says to do that. That is the satanic abomination lie that is a lie from the pits of hell God is not going to tell us to bring rock and roll music which was birthed by the devil which we all know that Lucifer some say now I don't know this but I have heard it preached which makes sense but that his body is made out of instruments like when he was in heaven he was the praise and worship leader you know the music minister or whatever and he just constantly sang to God so his body was like made out of these instruments where his whole life was music. Well, what's his number one tool now? Music. Which is what I was saying about him using the music in the church today to lure people into new age. Lure people into this ungodly stuff that's happening out here. And I'm going to tell you, Brad, I am just as sad as you are. Because I loved it. I'm an intimate worshiper, you know. Uh, oh, I love to worship the Lord. So that grieved me. But not enough to where I want to keep listening to it. Now that I know the roots of it and all that, forget you, I am not touching that. Okay, but let's consider. Uh, these people that bring in the world into their services. They host these ungodly events in the services where they will literally just bring it in and they'll say that it's okay with God. I'm telling you right now, it is not. You are tainting the altars of the church. You are polluting the waters. You're polluting the altars of the church when you do this. There is no way you could ever back that up with Scripture. I don't care who you are. It does not back up by the word of God. And this is the truth. See, Brian, listen. When you get to know God and you understand the way he thinks, I'm not saying I know everything. I'm still, I'm a learner. You know, I'm still learning the word. But I can tell you what I do know already. God is holy. He says, I am that I am. And if the devil birthed anything, why do we want to bring it in the church? Why do we want to bring in satanic music, satanic garb, uh, satanic thoughts, satanic movies? Uh, you know, just terrible, 
Why are we doing this mess today? God does not want that in there. Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I submit to you today, bride, it is here. The great deception is here. The great falling away is here. This is not the hour to continue following somebody on TV like this and just follow them right off the cliff to hell. We can't do it. We need to be careful who we're listening to. And if they're doing all this mess, we need to pray for them, but to separate from them. You know, that's one thing about the Catholic Church that they hate is separatism. They hate individualism. They call us, what are some of the terms that they, fundamentalist? Individualists, people that are not in the ecumenical movement that are Protestants, basically. Uh, fundamentalist, zealots, spiritual racist, uh, spiritual terrorist. That's what they're calling us. They are going to be the ones to martyr us. Yes, they are. Because they're the ones that's going to say, these people went off the deep end there. Okay, think of it like this, Brad. In their mind, in their own eyes, they think they're right because they've been given over to a reprobate mind. They have been deceived. They don't understand that they're deceived themselves. They're going to think in their eyes they are killing for the right reason, just like Paul did. When Paul killed all them Christians, he thought he was doing it for religion, for the right thing. These people are going to believe in their minds that they're doing this for the right thing. And they're going to kill the one standing up for the truth. And Bride, listen, that's why I'm telling you right now, as sure as I just feel God all over me right now, we have got to forgive those people. As we're dying, we have to look at them and say, I forgive you. Because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And neither do these other people that are in deceit so bad. Listen, Brian, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't expect everybody watching me to believe me. I expect many of you to be mad at me. Many of you to have nothing else to do with me again. I understand this. But we can only control, Brian, our own self. We can't control what the entire planet is doing in this great deception. We have to let, like the Bible says in Revelation 22, let the dogs be dogs. They're going to do what they're going to do. The question becomes, are we sober and alert? Are we aware that the mark of the beast is here? Are we aware for our own self that we're not taking that chip that we are not compromising with the devil, the emergent church, the ecumenical movement, or nothing. We're not touching the unclean thing. You all can have it. All you masses of people out there, go for it. You can have it all day long. I'm not touching it. I'm not having anything to do with it. I'm not touching the unclean thing. If I have to have church in my neighborhood, in my house, where I have people come over that want to know the truth, then that's what I will do. I, it is here the end of days is here. The end of times is here. The great deception is here. And these churches just don't teach this no more. They don't teach it. They don't prepare the people. So this is the clarion call. This is the clarion call. 
Come out from among them. Be ye separate. Don't partner with the world no more. Learn for yourself, like we read in the scripture earlier. Be wise. Study to show yourself approved. Ask God to take that deception from you so you won't be deceived in this hour. Not one word in scripture, and we just read it tonight, that talks about this great revival coming, this great utopia, everything's going to be blessings, uh, all this other stuff. People, judgment is coming. And when we did the idols, the 40-day idols, the Lord told us on day one, by us addressing these idols to a holy God who is very serious about the United States of America because he had a plan for her, has a plan for her, and he wants her to do this. That when we got real with him, we brought him idols before his face that opened up the door of judgment because now he has a right to come in. Not that he didn't, but that's what he told us. That he's going to come in and judge. And I'm expecting fully those 40 idols that we addressed, we're going to see some judgment take place. And we'll say, wow, that was the idol of self just come down. That was the idol of ministry just come down. That was the idol of abortion just come down. You see what I mean? Like, we're going to literally see God move on these 40 idols. But as I'm saying for us personally, we can't control what other people do, only what we can do ourselves. So I ask the Lord, help us to not be deceived in this hour, Lord. Help me to stand up for truth, me and my house. You know, and... Help me to train people so they can see the truth. And help, What? how can you use me, God, in this last day? Because the masses are going somewhere totally different. They're doing exactly what your word says they was going to do. It is here. We're, at, we're right here where the Antichrist is about to set up stage. What are we going to, how can you use me, Lord? And then let him use you, even if it costs you your own life. Tell the truth, Brian. We can't control what they do, remember? And I just want to read one other scripture. Wow. Let's go to Revelation chapter 13. Remember, Brides, Revelation, not Revelations with an S. Revelation. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Remember, Bride, I like to read out of the King James Version. And this uh, team, we're going to Washington, D.C., and we're going to the National Bible Museum, the new one that just opened. We're actually going to an exhibit about King James and how this happened. I can't wait. Oh, I wish there was some way I could record it for you, but I know they won't let me. Okay, verse 2. And the beast, which I saw, was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, 
and the dragon gave him power and his seat and great authority. Who do you think they're talking about, Brad? They're talking about the Antichrist. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Yes, he will be shot, and he will come back to life. Well, is what I think it is a shot, but it could be anything. But a wound to his head, and now we know how that can happen with the internet. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Miracles, signs, and wonders. Remember, we cannot judge a ministry by miracles, signs, and wonders. Because we see even the Antichrist will be deceived. I mean, even the Antichrist will do that. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months, three and a half years. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. So he just hates everything having to do with God, huh? And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. If you think about it, that's the only way that could happen because God would have to give him the power. Because God could just wipe him out. Amen. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, slain from the foundation of the world. We do want our name written in that book, don't we, Brian? If any man has an ear, let him hear. Lord, we pray that we have an ear to hear your voice in this hour. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity, and he that killeth with the sword must be killed by the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. Wow. Lord, help us, because that's martyrdom. A lot of the Christians will die in martyrdom. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and caused the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth and in the sight of men and deceives them that dwells on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Wow, miracles, signs, and wonders. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by the sword and did live. Well, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Wow. Did y'all just catch on to that, Brad? Wow. So that's basically the false prophet. 
The false prophet had the power to give life unto the image of the beast. So they create this image, and then he gives it the power to both speak and cause many that would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. I declare, bride, that is the RFID chip, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that has the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six, which is six, six, six. Now, bride, I declare to you, this is the book of Revelation. Why are all these people out here not teaching the book of Revelation anymore? Why are they not preparing the church for the return of the king, for the, for the Antichrist to appear on the scene? Why are they not telling people, do not take the chip? Why, Brian? Please tell me why. There's people out there right now getting the chip. Right now. They are getting the chip. When I wrote this book back in 2012, they was doing it. Over in London and in the United States. Now, in the United States, we just had that report that that whole uh, company in Wisconsin was requiring that their people get chipped. And then we saw in Australia for them to ride... <laughs> God help Australia with all I'm learning about Australia. But anyways, uh, for them to ride the train system in Australia, they're all getting chipped. Uh, I'm telling you, bride, the way I'm understanding this scripture in Revelation chapter 13 is that the uh, Antichrist gets killed and he comes back to life, he gets healed, and then he uh, is all nice, giving all these oracles, speaking all these great things for three and a half years. And then he comes after the church. Is that the way I understood it? And it was given him to make war with the saints. And he opened his, in verse 6, he opened his mouth and blessed me against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And then he made war with the saints to turn around and kill the saints. Bride, we're here. Why are these people not preparing the church for this? Why are pastors not preparing people? People, don't uh, participate in transgenderism. Don't flirt with this uh, idol of homosexuality. Don't flirt with sexual perversion. These gender identity thing that's taking place right now, and I even posted a thing on my Facebook wall, that they are now, churches, becoming gender neutral. People, where are the pastors and the churches teaching people what's really going on out there? Who cares about the blessings? I want to know how to survive out here. I want to know how to get out of hell. 
You know, I want to know how uh, to be able to be an overcomer. I don't want to be deceived in this hour. Are they preaching that the great deceit is here? Are they telling people that they need to pay attention? They need to be sober and alert. They need to put down their addictions, put down the devil because Jesus is coming after a bride without spot and wrinkle. Are they teaching people how to dress modestly, not to cause other people to sin? You know what I mean? Like, God help us. Help us, Jesus. And then I'm going to finish this broadcast with Revelation 22. Because this is the final chapter. And this is where we're going, Brad. But it applies so much with what's happening today. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. What? In that day we'll have his name on our foreheads? See how the devil is perverting the mark of the beast? He wants his name in the foreheads, don't he? And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Won't that be exciting, bride? And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then said he to me, See, you don't do that. For I am your fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book. For the time is at hand. He that is unjust. This is for us, bride, right here. Verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates of the city. Remember, bride, this morning when we studied Genesis 1? When Adam and Eve in chapter 2, 
when they was in the Garden of Eden and they sinned against God and God had to kick them out of the garden. He didn't want them touching the tree of life. So what is this saying? Blessed are they that do his commandments. That they may have right to the tree of life. Lord, give us the right, please. And may enter in through the gates of the city. We want to enter in, don't we, Brad? For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters. What? People that hold on to their idols? Is that what that is, Lord? Yes. And look what else, Brad. And whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Those that are falsely deceiving people. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of that holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. You know why, Brian? Because the way they're teaching grace today is not true. They're teaching it that you can sin because grace will get you through it. No. God does not want you sinning. Grace will help you to accomplish the mission that God has called you to. That's what grace is for. It strengthens you. It gives you the strength. So, Brad, I pray that this broadcast today, let me make sure I addressed all of them. Okay, very good. Uh, I pray that I addressed everything today so that you could at least pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Ask Him. Holy Spirit, there is a great deception going on today. Will you reveal to me what's happening, Holy Spirit? So that He will reveal to you so you can get out of it and be set free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for y'all, Brian. Lord, we thank you so much for this time today, Lord, that we have had together. We thank you, Lord, for taking the scales off our eyes and letting us hear what you are saying to the church. Lord, help us to warn people and to sound the clarion call, to sound the alarm to mankind that you are getting ready to move in a very mighty way. And we want to be found ready in the right place when you come. Lord, heal us. Heal the body of Christ today, Lord. 
Help us to see the truth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, Bridewell, it's been awesome being with you today. I just had to address this because I thought about that this morning. Where in the Bible does it show that what these people are preaching is the truth? That this great revival is coming and then it's okay to be in the ecumenical movement. It's okay to be in the emergent church. Show me in the Bible. Show me in the Word. Because I cannot find it. The Bible specifically talks about in the last days this is going to happen. This great deception. I don't see anywhere where it says, God is going to look at your country and say, Wow, so what if they're spitting in my face? So what if they're passing laws? And it's just atrocious. I'm still going to come down and bless you mightily. I'm going to come down and bless your nation. No, that goes so against his character and even who he is, people. We, we have got to repent and see what we have done. It's terrible once you consider all the things that our country and I and the body of Christ is doing to him today. So, I hey, check out our website at the AmericanExpose.com. The American Expose, that's E-X-P-O-S-E dot com. You can meet the team on there. You can see all the idols and everything. All right, y'all. Have a good day. God bless you.